there. Hello from It's Time for Go to Bed. Your favorite podcast talking about reselling, talking about bedtime stories, talking about everything that's happened during the week. All the with fireworks. our my co-host Kenny Pick. Yes, all the fireworks here in Little Baghdad. Uh, fortunately, I think it's come to an end, but uh, there are some random ones still popping up. So anyway, we're, we're going to make this a real quick lightning round makeup session because we just accidentally didn't record the first six minutes of the show. My bad. Um, but uh, there are some fun successes that I wanted to recap uh, from the week, which is uh, We've had continued success with the Sinister Cinema acquisition, which I talked about. Those mm-hmm. were mail-order movies that are print-on-demand. Um, and we've had some repeat customers with those, and we have several watchers on some of those items. And uh, also, we are loaded for bear audio-wise tonight. Uh, we have a super long What We Sold because of one trailer. The only one I could find was five minutes long. <laughs> and... Yeah. Um, and our chapters for uh, the Patchwork Girl of Oz are quite long. So, <laughs> um, Sue's a uh, good selling week, surprisingly, for a non-buying holiday weekend. Yeah, some people bought some movies instead of just spending it all on fireworks and candy and, and uh, booze. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah. So we are, uh, we, we, you know, again, uh, had a lot of success uh, with the, the some of the some of the sinister cinema stuff. We'll hear, you know, some yeah. things that are are uh, um, popping up. Um, like, well, and and there's one thing that I'm really proud about uh, from retail arbitrage, uh, eagle eye cherry picking, whatever you want. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a, a high end item that sold this week that I'm very excited about. And I'm glad it it took so long to sell it because I actually sent out offers for this thing, but it sold for full price this week, and I'm really excited about it. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah. So starting starting off, um, we're gonna try and do this quickly uh, with uh, what we sold uh, from this week. Uh, let me see. I lost my place. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, it's not seven accurate. from Thebes. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to find it on my phone. I'm scrolling up. Okay, and so that's okay. Yeah, so from the Sinister Cinema movies that I've I've sold, I uh, I've sold quite a few in a few in this past week, and I know I sold some before our show last week. Um, so I think I'm at about seventy percent of making my initial investment back. And I'm still going to have a lot of product left over in the store from the uh, from the acquisition. So that's exciting. So uh, sold. I think I might have mentioned this on the show last week, but uh, during the show we sold seven from Thebes or Thebes from 1964. Uh, that is a sword and sandal adventure for 12.99 free shipping. And this is to a repeat customer, somebody who bought something last week, and I believe he bought something else from me in later uh items but Sue's, there's one a totally adorable <laughs> uh dvd that we sold above that yeah we also sold the rainbow fish fantastic fun in neptune bay 
or eight ninety nine uh, two thousand DVD kids DVD, but the, they also had a book series that went with it, which was pretty adorable, and they li- had little rainbow bits on the fish's scales. Yeah, so. like little foil, like a, a kind of holographic, you know, yeah. some, of, some of the scales were holographic. It was kind of neat. Um, Fantastic fun! Yeah, so, you know, that's something we probably found for a quarter or 50 cents or a dollar. But, you know, so we made a couple bucks profit off of that. Um, I sold uh, the set for the second time now. Um, actually, Caitlin Chris is the one who bought uh, the other copy of this. But I sold another set of the Star Wars trilogy, 1977-1983 Blu-ray. Uh, six disc set, A New Hope, Empire and Jedi. You know what is hysterical? Is mm. this set with the first, the, the three original Star uh, Star Wars movies sells yeah. better than the complete Scott nine movie Skywalker trilogy. Oh, uh, Blu-ray wow. set. Because I priced that set because I saw a copy at the thrift store and they were asking like seven bucks for it. And I looked on eBay how much it was selling for and it sells for about seven bucks. Now it could be because mm-hmm. the bonus features aren't as cool, or pe- they people prefer this one because it, it's three traditional kind of Blu-ray cases outside of you know of instead of like a, a big book kind of thing. But yeah, it's ridiculous. This thing has a better resale value than a nine movie Skywalker series. It's nuts. <laughs> so. Well. So yeah, and then well, now here we go, Suze, back right back into the territory of Sinister Cinema, the one above that. Uh, the Terror of Doctor Hitchcock, nineteen sixty-two. Uh, Barbara Steele, Taboo, Italian cult horror, eighteen fifty. So yeah, that because, was a, an offer I sent. Yeah. Yes, the Taboo part is because the the actual terror of dr hitchcock is necrophilia and i wouldn't write that in the description i think i mentioned that on air i like i think i read the description on air but i basically said something to the effect of he prefers his sex partners to be not alive you know (laughs) so so, but it's uh, 1962 so how bad could it really be Uh, I, bad enough that w- it was a Warner Brothers movie that they let slip slip into the public domain. That's how bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, this one uh, to a Canadian buyer, uh, total of twenty dollars and eighteen cents, free shipping for Star Trek: The Motion Picture, and Star Trek Five: The Final Frontier, and Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. Mm. Um, love it. So those were both DVD copies, brand new, and uh, yeah, and I found them each for a dollar a piece. So <laughs> twenty eighteen to twenty dollars and eighteen cents to uh, to Canada. Now that Star Trek uh, box set that I sold that came in a lot from that we got on like Facebook Marketplace for you know twenty or thirty bucks. So that was like nothing. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, oh no, actually, I think that was the hundred dollar one that was out on the on the far east side. That goofy guy who had him out on his that couch on his porch. So no, yeah, hmm. he was. It, yeah. I, I, I you remember that guy? Um, but uh, but yeah. So and then here we go. Our repeat customer. This guy is the same guy who bought 
before he even got it in his hands, the guy who bought seven from Thebes bought the, <laughs> the other two items above that, Suze. Go ahead and read those. Um, Ancient Worlds. Yeah. Brought to Life, 19, 2006, which is an interesting documentary set. Egyptian Pompeii, etc. Eleven ninety nine, and then uh, go and be movie again. Spartacus and the Ten Gladiators, nineteen sixty four DVD. Um, Dan Vadis, Sword and Sandal Adventure, and, and that's cinema. Cinema is it sinister cinema. It sure is. Yeah, that's yeah uh, fourteen ninety nine. Yeah. So. Uh, and that uh, the ancient worlds brought to life. That's probably a thrift store acquisition. The case was a little torn up on it, but the discs look like they'd never been played. The cardboard sleeve, you know. But I take accurate yeah. pictures and I put all that in the description, so I'm not never want to be viewed as deceiving anyone. Um, then uh, very happy about this. I sent an offer on this. I think I had it listed for fifty or sixty bucks. Uh, probably closer to sixty. Uh, Terminator 1984 VHS clean tested early Thorn EMI release Schwarzenegger 48.50 free shipping. So that's, but that's not the high end item I was teasing. Not, yeah, that, uh, it, yeah, that was 48.50. But yeah. like I said, I mean that's a little bit of uh, VHS history there. 1984. Oh, Terminator, yeah. you gotta love that stuff. Yeah, and but, the uh, the thorny MI ones are are pretty valuable. Uh, and we we sold another copy of this for about fifty bucks, and both of them came from a Facebook Marketplace acquisition that cost fifty dollars. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so he had two copies. The 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 person that we bought that from had two copies, and uh, I flipped them both, and you know double my money from the investment yeah because i know i sold the other one for more i think i sold the other one for 80 um but you know price prices oh, you know the terminator yeah, yeah yeah uh but the price is dipping this one wasn't as perfect as the other one too because somebody had written their name on the edge of the case but it wiped off but it, it left like a shadow of of the marker that was on it like a yeah. faint a faint yellow yellowing where the name was so another California customer, tons of people in California are buying from us, California, New York, and Florida. We've got a ton of people buying from, from us from those places. But anyway, so above that, Suze, that's a, a, a collection, DVD collection that I listed, and it sold within a, a few hours. Oh, really? Midnight yeah. Horror Collection? Yeah. Voodoo Curses? Eight movies? That sold for eleven ninety nine. I would consider that a bread and butter. Mm -hmm. supernatural horror i mean it doesn't make tons of money but hey we're getting the movies out to you so yeah. and, and that, then uh that came from the creepy cabin in the woods um oh yeah that yeah. acquisition mm -hmm. yeah and uh and where, where they had a whole bunch of guns right next to their vhs yeah good times scary uh and dvds then and and that one was fun that one had a really cool uh, the the lead in movie was uh, something called The Devil's Daughter from like 1934 or something like that, yeah, which was yeah. one of the one of one of the earliest horror movies with a largely African American and Jamaican cast. Mm -hmm. Um, so that one uh, I think sold the sold the listing because I gave it a nice yeah. write up. Um, and then above that, uh, something I got for a buck, a horror movie from 2019 called Dolls, brand new. Dolls! 
Wallace. With D. Wallace. Yeah. Uh, D. Wallace, of course, from um, E.T., the mom on E.T. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't know that was her. Yeah, creepy wow. supernatural, demonic occult horror. You see, and that you was one of those things where we just kept finding these really inexpensive horror movies. So we're like, people like horror. Let's sprinkle our uh, inventory with some of this DVD sealed horror. That can only be good. Yeah, right? sp sprinkle so. our our fairy dust description on it, and uh, yes. you know, do some research instead of just listing it as. This movie, DVD, new, like it lots, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> tilde, 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 period, 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 period. You know, I mean, uh, the, people waste characters so much in descriptions. But if you, so I much. mean, but, but what I put was very concise. The name of the movie, the year it came out, the format, the condition, brand new. The D. Wallace, the only name actor in it. And then I was able to squeeze in creepy, supernatural, occult horror, demonic occult horror. So, you know, I mean, people well, look so, for there that. are some people that are just mm -hmm. looking for demonic horror, you know? Yeah. Or They're occult horror or it. supernatural horror or creepy horror. Yeah. You know, I mean, those are things that people are going to look for. Gore, you know, body horror, things like that. Uh, but yeah. um, above that, uh, I think I paid 50 cents for this. Uh, Suze, you can take that one, uh, the VHS above it above dolls oh the the one above dolls yeah uh bill and ted's bogus journey 1991 we sold for nine dollars and 25 cents vhs former rental kenu reeves signed by comedy yeah i probably uh, no, it is. actually former rental that makes me think i paid a dollar for it or maybe maybe 50 yeah. cents i think that came from the store that's going out of business um but, but that's a little bit of history Oh yeah, yeah, that's fun. You know, uh, uh, you know, former rentals are, you know, in that the year that came out. You know, that's it's pretty cool. Um, brand new DVD copy. I didn't. I don't even know where the hell I got this, but it's uh, for your eyes only. Nineteen eighty one DVD new James Bond twelfth movie Roger Moore 007. Um, and uh, you know, and I usually put that in the titles of of uh, I put what number Bond movie it is when I put the Bond movies up, or at least I'll put it in the description because you know they never numbered Bonds, right? Just like uh, you know, they kind of stopped numbering other some other movies, but Bond is is one that they typically never um, bother numbers. No. Yeah. So uh, so you know. It, um, and, and here's another good one. This came, this came from a great, uh, one that we got the Blu-ray above for your eyes only, Suze. Mm-hmm. Um, Immortal Beloved, 1994 Blu-ray, Gary Oldman, Isabella Rossellini, Beethoven biopic. You gotta love I Isabella Rossellini and Gary Oldman right there, twelve ninety nine. Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. In their, you know, <laughs> 94, kind of, you know, still in their heyday. Um, and, uh, another former rental from the same place that I got the Bill and Ted one, uh, for a dollar, uh, Henry and June, 1990, former, uh, former rental, Uma Thurman, Gary Oldman. So, you know, the two Gary Oldman movies in a row, uh, different people though, nine ninety nine yeah. free shipping. Uh, then yeah, I remember when that was out, I was surprised that sold and but then that's awesome. 
a little on the head, uh, Susan, uh, or a little on the nose, I should say. Uh, yeah. Tell everybody the next one and what day we sold it. We sold that on 7 4 2022. Born on the 4th of July from 1989 on DVD, Tom Cruise. So, Vietnam War biopic for so, $9.99. We were so happy. That made our 4th of July. We were like, Really annoyed by all the firecrackers going off every five seconds. Really, you know, because we had about four different neighbors on the street blowing them off at different times. Yeah. But, uh, we When we sold that 4th of July on the 4th of July, we were so happy. We so like happy. Born on the 4th of July. More like bought on the 4th of July. So Yay. I just thought, I just think that that's, that's such an awesome thing that we put that, we featured that in our store. And somebody was like, okay, I'm buying it on the 4th of July. I'm doing my patriotic duty. So, you know what? And then later I was thinking, we should have put all the Independence Day things on there. Yeah. Too, you know? Like, I didn't even yeah, think of I that. Yeah, I didn't think of that either. So that would have been smart. Um, but, uh, one day. But anyway, I will not take the next one. I want you to have the honor of the next one because I want the one after that. So, oh, okay. Well, the next one is one of my favorites, and it's the last time we we don't have any more copies of it. I believe that we sold at least seven, six uh, copies. Of I'd this. say five, I don't know. five or six, five or six. And I thought it would never sell, but it's uh, Chased by Sea Monsters from 2003. It's a BBC aquatic dinosaur documentary. But BBC things sell, and this one sold for $31 sealed. And it's VHS. So, it's VHS. So It's VHS, Important yeah. to know that this, it, this is not available on DVD or Blu-ray. So that's uh, yeah. why it sells. But it's one of those things where people, people really get excited. We were just like, okay, that's great that you're excited about it. But people would like be like, oh, do you really have this? I've been looking for this forever. And we're like, okay, that's great. Um... Wow, we love you know, you. so we watched it on you know streaming, but yeah, you can watch it on YouTube. But these guys yeah. still want to pay money for it. I'm like, I okay. they want to own it. They want to own it. I'm like, all right, I, I will take your money. Um, ah. but yeah, we probably have we probably made um on the sale of all of those about hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, just on Chase by Sea Monsters. And that was all from the Kings Highway Estate sale that we spent a total of $400 at. So, we and again, we sold one thing out of there for 700. I mean, yeah. do you remember so there were, do you remember that one? There were Oh my god, I completely forgot about that one. There was a video game trailer VHS. Yeah, was a, I was thinking about that the yeah. other day. Because we have not found anything like that yeah. since then. It was it was a, a screener copy of a trailer for a video game, and I don't even remember what it was, but it was it, you know people were selling it for like nuts on money, and we sold it for like eighty dollars, and it didn't even have any artwork on the box. It was silly. So they wanted it, so okay. But yeah, you know, it, I mean, but I, I, we've lost track of all the things that we sold from Kings Highway. I mean, but we, yeah. you know, again, we we've. That we have made money hand over fist from that acquisition. So this is the last one before. Yeah, we and actually, this mm -hmm. is the time of year, wasn't it? Was it last year or the year before that we found it was this, that sale? This last year. Yeah. yeah, and it's like I keep looking on the um, the different apps 
for yard sales and estate sales. Mm -hmm. I just don't see anything like that. You know, no. like it's just like, I don't know, like it's kind of your bread and butter yard sales, your itty, yeah. your, uh, ugh, your well, glass stuff, your kids stuff, you know, I like I don't see a yard sale like that anymore. Whole table full of Christmas stuff. Yay. Give me all your Christmas stuff. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, sorry. But, yeah, I just, actually, uh, I did. Um, go ahead. My eyes just get roll so far into the back of my head when I get up to a, a table full of Christmas it stuff. On really it really does. I mean, because it's always. And I always look for the forties and fifties stuff. And your eyes are rolled so back so well, far in your head. Well, if I see forties and fifties stuff, I can recognize it right off. But usually, the stuff that you see at these yard sales, it's just tacky dollar store crap that the people have bought in the last thirty years. You know? It is. It is. Um, but but you know what? While we're talking, and sometimes this is more of a we're talking about stuff. I texted you a, the address. Yes. When I, saw I was that. going across town to see a friend today. Of uh, there's going to be about four yard sales on that street tomorrow. Great. And I asked the lady. I said, "Do you have any DVDs or VHS?" And she said, "No, but I'm going to have more stuff tomorrow and uh, come back. I'm going to look for the okay, great. for some. Yeah. So just as we're talking, I'm going to tell you that's what that meant when I texted you a random I address. I figured. I figured that's exactly <laughs> what it meant. I texted back. Okay exclamation <laughs> okay um but uh but yeah so uh but anyway so victory on chase by sea monsters now this one i'm uh. so ha i'm so happy about this this one and this is the last one before we get to our audio portion oh yeah this um, is a good one and this is all you i um there was this there was this place around it was a formal vi video rental store they i think they they're they probably closed their doors a, a week ago um but it was called in-home video and and they were a, used to be a pager store, and now they uh, and he was just selling hardware and used VHS and DVDs. We found a ton of stuff there that we've been able to flip uh, for a decent amount. But there was one and thing that caught my eye, and I knew it was worth something. And I and I saw it, and I was like, Michael Nesmith, and I was like, the monkeys, Michael Nesmith. Yes, the monkeys, Michael Nesmith. I pull it out, I pull this DVD out, and it says Michael Nesmith Elephant Parts, 1981, DVD, uh, comedy and pop music sketch, very hard to find, monkeys. And it is very hard to find. Now, this has been hanging out for a while. My asking price was $119.99. I sent offers as low as $70 on this, and people didn't bite. And it hasn't come around for offers to be sent out. So lo and behold, somebody just bought it. For $119.99, I paid uh, for free priority mail shipping on it. So, you know, that cut in a little bit. I had to pay like $8 to do that. But I turned a dollar into like 100 right there. Good job. And I never would have looked at it twice. <laughs> so that's all you. Well, I it, appreciate you finding that. It was a nice copy. Um, it had, uh, I believe it had the original insert. I did make some disclose. There, there, it was a little wavy on the back of the artwork, but I took the sleeve out and it, or the, the artwork out and it did not look wavy at all. Uh, the disc was super clean. The insert was there and the insert has a really cool yeah, yeah. Write, write up on it. 
and um and yeah it's just a really cool thing it it and it, it's it's kind of funny because it says it's the 70 or the 17th and a half anniversary edition <laughs> so uh, i so yeah it, it, i guess that means it was released in like the late 90s but <laughs> i couldn't find this thing to to price it hardly and then i found another huh. one that, that had sold but i think it sold for 100 and 80 because it was sealed so this one i got 119 so there we go that gets us up to speed on all of our stuff except for the audio portion of our show um some bread and butter stuff uh coming at you uh anything else you want to add susan before we get to that uh no not off the top of my head no but like i said oh but you got oh, the eyes mm -hmm. well and actually the mike nesmith thing they kind of boast that this was sort of even before MTV, this big production that they did. So Aww. I think it, they, they, cool. they started making it like, because uh, it came out in, in 1981, and that's the same year that MTV launched, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It so, is. So this, uh, I think it was, you know, kind of running in tandem almost. Um, but yeah, so very rare thing. You can watch the bits on YouTube, or you can go out and buy yourself a really expensive DVD. Um, you know, but that, that I was, you know, I was very, 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 very happy about when I got it home and I scanned it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so here we go. Here's what we sold. This one's exceptionally long and, uh, there's a familiar, and, and what's funny is, um, the first two movies on the list sold to different mm -hmm. people, but have, uh, uh, they share an actor, very famous one. Oh, so here we go. On December 23rd, 1787, His Majesty's ship Bounty sailed from England, bound for the South Seas. En route, there began a fantastic series of historical events, culminating in the most famous mutiny in history. The dramatic story of that mutiny has for more than a century excited the imagination of men, women, and children the world over. From initial conception to completion, Mutiny on the Bounty has been an unprecedented and exciting adventure in the history of picture making. The Bounty herself, built in historic shipyards in Lunenburg, Nova Scotia. First ship ever to be built from the keel up, especially for a motion picture. Then across the world, a truly global project to the actual locales, the islands of Tahiti and Pitcairn. Tahiti, for generations, the dream island of the Western world, a land of easygoing, fun-loving people. A land that has always represented escape from civilization. A land where there is no time, no tomorrow, only today. Now Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer crystallizes the lure of adventure that beckons from beyond the horizon in one of the most extraordinary motion pictures ever made. Like all great motion pictures, Mutiny on the Bounty is a story of people. You're going too lightly, Quintal. A story of provocative and colorful characters brought to life by unforgettable star personalities. Marlon Brando is Fletcher Christian, an officer and a gentleman, a lover, Yet a man among men. Watch it! 
Trevor Howard is the infamous Captain Bly, relentless and cruel. The bounty was his first command, and he intended it to be successful at any price. Mr. Christian! Richard Harris portrays the reckless John Mills. The men are armed, Mr. Christian! And there is Tarita, a luring daughter of an exotic land. Fletcher Christian is, is my name. Is my name? <laughs> no, no, no. Fletcher. No, no. Fletcher. It is a matter of supernatural indifference to me whether you contaminate the natives or the natives contaminate you. I have but one concern. Our mission. Let any one of you provoke an incident which endangers it. And I shall cause that man to curse his mother for giving him birth. The captain's the thief, not me. I wonder why an alleged gentleman should give his first loyalty to ordinary seamen. In my years of service, I have never met an officer who inflicted punishment upon men with such incredible relish. You'll not put your foot on me again. There'll be no more killing aboard this ship, not even Captain Bly. If that's an attempt to earn clemency, I spit on it. You remarkable pig. You can thank whatever pig god you pray to, you haven't quite turned me into a murderer. Mutiny on the Bounty thrills with moments that will live forever in your memory. Friends, I'm not given to wild, unsupported statements. And I tell you that we must evacuate this planet immediately. Jor-El, be reasonable. Once there was a civilization, much like ours, but with a greater intelligence, greater powers, and a greater capacity for good. moment that world was destroyed but there was one survivor now wouldn't that beat all get out because of the wisdom and compassion of Jor-El 
Because he knew the human race had the capacity for goodness, he sent us his only son. His name is Kal-El. He will call himself Clark Kent. But the world will know him as Superman. This year, Superman brings you the gift of flight. Superman, the movie. civilization. One woman, a legend ahead of her time, stood to unite mankind. Whatever may be going on in the streets, we are brothers. Where are the troops? No army could contain that mob. He's calling for the annihilation of women and children. As long as God grants me the strength, I will purify this city. All these years I've been studying, I could just unravel this. Why should this assembly accept the counsel of a woman? Enough! If you choose to do nothing, though, you will continue to do the same thing over and over again until there is no one left in the city, no people for this government to govern. course the first thing you heard there was uh the 1962 version on a blu-ray uh of the uh, uh mutiny on the bounty um starring mm -hmm. marlon brando and uh of course i think that one so i don't have the app in front of me i think it sold for like 11 or 12 dollars uh nothing major um, then, uh, Superman, I played the trailer for Superman, but it was actually a DVD set that contained Superman one through four. Um, and again, Marlon Brando starred in Superman. So two different buyers, two Marlon Brando movies in a row. That's kind of cool. Um, and then, uh, there was, um, the movie at the end 
was uh, from 2009. It's called Agora. We've seen this movie. It has Rachel Wise and um, Oscar Isaac uh, in it. And uh, it is about a mathematician and astronomer who was like way ahead of her time um, in uh, Roman occupied Egypt at the end of the the crumbling of the Roman Empire, and basically they started sacking this city and destroying a library and, you know, just doing all all kinds of horrible things that Romans liked to do when they felt like they were losing power. Um, So, uh, and and that one, it was only a $7 sale, but that one, that's from the most recent acquisition we got, that $50 one, where I'm sure the guy used to work at a Blockbuster video. (laughs) (laughs) Because yeah. he had, I mean, he it was a really cool collection because he had, all, it was like buying a collection that we might have owned because it had, you know, all these David Lynch movies and Stanley Kubrick stuff and, you know, lots of very classic movies. And again, that's where, you know, this Agora one came from. So, um, and and that, that was a very good movie. So, uh, and I, you know, it wasn't in the greatest condition either. I disclosed that it was a former rental and it had part of a sticker left on some of the cover art. Um, but it was in good, you know, the disc was in good shape and, um, you know, uh, somebody, you know, I disclosed the information and they snagged it up while it lasted. Still wanted. So. They still wanted it. Um, yeah, but I did um, hear uh, Kal-El say, this. somebody said, Kal-El, be reasonable. We can't get everyone off the planet. Oh, Jor-El. Jor-El. See? I messed it up all the time. Um, be reasonable. That's what Tennessee tells me all the time. Be reasonable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we got a kiddo drop. Kiddo likes drama. Kiddo is... It looks it, like he's eating an egg. Do you think he's eating an egg? Uh, maybe may an apple growing off a tree or something like that. Yeah. So, he's reaching uh, up. But uh, but uh, Foxfire says kiddo likes drama, so, <laughs> so <laughs> maybe that's a maybe that's a hint. But um, uh, yeah, so so those were some you know some fun sales. It shows that we're not you know that all these sales that we just read through kind of shows that we're not really just a horror movie store anymore, you know, because um, that's kind of where we were pushing. But you know what? We've got tons of horror DVDs, and they don't sell that great. You know, I mean, people. I mean, want... they go out once in a while, but yeah, it's like they're bread and butter basically. But people really kind of clamor for classic cinema. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so too. I mean, they want to own it. Yeah, yeah, and again, you know, because not everything streams all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if I went to HBO uh, Max right now, and the Superman movies weren't there. You know, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Some or somebody just might not want to spend the money just to watch the Superman movies on you know HBO Max. So yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, so you know, in a movie, you know, like Mutiny on the Bounty, I believe that one had quite a bit of bonus features on it too, some archival stuff and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so you know, and again. well, honestly, we're getting to be the Gladiator movie store now too, <laughs> um, because that, we can't. We're selling Gladiator movies like there's no tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> we're selling Gladiator movies, Timmy. Timmy, we always make the joke from Airplane. Does everybody remember that? You ever seen a Gladiator movie? 
<laughs> Man, I'll it's tell the most you disturbing what. Disturbing car to airplane, right? I'll, well, yeah, or the, have you ever seen a grown man <laughs> naked? That one's a little more disturbing. Yeah, that's um, really disturbing. Yeah. Somebody so, should be watching Timby, really. Timmy shouldn't be alone with that pilot. Nope. No, Peter Graves. Um, and, uh, it, but it is a pretty classic funny moment. Uh, yeah, it is. So, um, so yeah, I uh, you know uh, I think that um, we we've kind of branded ourselves. Uh, we really are kind of again. It, it, it might be obnoxious to repeat it all the time, but we have got a we got a movie for everybody. And, for everybody. And uh, you know, and and I love it. I love having a movie for everybody because um, you well, know I mean that's the thing. Like sometimes we're you, like, uh -huh. oh yeah, we'll we'll pick up horror, but if there's a movie collection. It's just like kind of strange things that I don't know how to explain it. Like like a mishmash, like a of a, 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 are you saying like a a, a, a movie set, a, a, like a collection of mo movies? Like on? that one that one we went to an estate sale and it just like it had some things about World War Two, some obscure oh, yeah. dramas, Victorian dramas, and they were just specific enough that someone's out there looking for it you know yeah and not just that but there's uh you know there uh, um some of the well that that estate sale you were talking about um that one uh we um uh, you know, that was an online bid. You're talking about the specifically the one where yeah, we sold. Yeah, that was really an well. online bid. That was one of the. Yeah, I mean, online. and we we found other places like that where it's it's older folks that are buying things that are interesting, but they don't necessarily they're not necessarily buying things that are everywhere, you know. Exactly. And you know they're you know you you're gonna find uh, you know like we got a copy of the pajama game or something out of that or adam's rib we sold the adam's rib one and somebody was like thank you that's oh, we my did? favorite movie yeah we sold that a while ago um we're here for you <laughs> so uh so yeah so let me let me take a look at our feedback real quick um because uh we the I, did, were we on the air when I mentioned, uh, or did I did I get to mention that jerk last week who gave us negative feedback because the post office delayed his package? No, that happened on. I don't Saturday. think you talked about that. No. <clears throat> I had this creep who left us negative feedback because he hadn't received the item, mind you. A tracking number was provided, and he could see that it was in transit the whole way if he had bothered looking. Um, the post office accidentally sent it to the Bronx and this guy was in another part of New York. Um, and it, so it showed it was, it said miss sent re, you know, and then resent, uh, and, and the guy received it the same day he left me negative feedback. And I messaged him and I said, Hey, I gave you a tracking number. You could have easily seen that that was the post office's mistake. I took it to the post office the day you paid me. I have no control over it once it's out of my hands. And then he ended up revising his uh, his um, feedback, and it said, uh, "Today I finally received the DVD." Oh. And it's like, "All right, jerk." So, 
but then the, there were three after that that uh, made me very happy. That Brat Pack 80s movie collection that we sold. Somebody said, thanks for sending so fast. Have not watched yet, but will. But will. Thank you. Um, uh, two Gladiators. The Yeah, so here's two. Yeah, so the next two are Sinister Cinema positive feedbacks, which I'm super excited about. Uh, super yeah. fast shipment from Fantastic Seller. Thanks, A++. That's the two Gladiators. Um, and I believe that is our repeat customer. No, it's not. That's that's the one guy in New York. Um, then the Sea Serpent, which was in our What We Sold Last Week. I could only find the Spanish trailer. Um, the Sea Serpent 1984. Uh, fine deal with fast shipping. So I, I love yeah. that. So, so three positive ones about fast shipping after that. Today I finally received the DVD. <laughs> I mean, you know... I just can't... Somebody gave me negative feedback for the post office. You know? Not fair. That's not not fair fair at all. That's not fair at all. So I immediately requested a revision. And I messaged the guy and he said, you could have contacted me. I didn't realize it hadn't been delivered. So I'm going to just have to go in and audit and see when things are... uh, If if there's anything outstanding, um, you know, that hasn't been delivered... I'm going to check and see what the progress of the item is and message people to try and, you know, prevent that. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know... Well, but you I'm got not- the negative mm-hmm. feedback taken off, right? Uh, yeah, I totally just detailed all that. Um, yeah. So, uh, like I said, he, he revised it. He I asked for eBay to send him a revision. Okay. And he revised it to, I finally got the DVD today. And it's like, okay... Yeah. Finally got it. Oh, finally. Ugh. It didn't take that that long. It was only like a week and a half. And I've waited, you know, a while for things. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's the worst UPS has done me in a while. Um, so, uh, or I'm sorry, USPS has done me in a while. So I, I just, you know, um, but yeah, but you're right. Foxfire rude people suck. Um, but so we're back to a hundred percent, hundred percent positive feedback. And I'm glad about that. And again, two positive, you know, we, we have three, I think three positive feedbacks from, uh, three or four from the sinister cinema sales that didn't, we're bound to have more. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm overall, you know, good, very good selling week. I'm getting very excited about, um, uh, the holiday season coming up going into, you know, post back to school and, uh, uh, Halloween because Susan, you, you make, you commented the other day when we were in, we went to target. <laughs> you, yeah. They already had the back to school stuff. What the heck? Yeah. Not even really summer. So <sighs> but then on my positive outlook was, well, the next thing you know, they're going to be having Halloween stuff out and yeah. people are going to be in the mood to buy scary movies so I think things will which pick is up. fun, which is a good way to look at it because I'm not really into fall and I'm really not into winter, but it happens eventually. So what can you do? I think you sec- love it, September, but. September, October, November, and December of this year are going to be uh, groundbreaking for us as sellers because our yeah. inventory is up to you know nearly three thousand items. 
Um, yeah. But the way we're selling, it's kind of, you know, it's, it, you know, it takes it down a, a few every day. So we got to keep, uh, you know, keep trucking uh, with new stuff and picking new stuff that yeah. we think will sell. Because we still, you know, I have a couple nice big bins of acquisitions from that. Again, that guy that I think worked at a video store. Um, I have a whole bunch of Kubrick movies. I, I was hesitant on doing all the Kubrick stuff because I have a fair amount of Kubrick stuff listed, including like a big box set of his. And then like there's like a three movie Blu-ray combo of his that I think has what? Um, uh, it has like 2001, uh, A Clockwork Orange, and I don't know what the other one is. Um, but we have a fair amount of Kubrick, but I think I'm going to just start putting up the, all the single movies, all the single movies, all the single movies. Single movies. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, you know, and I've got, you know, uh, a bin next to me that's got a lot of stuff in it, but there's a lot of stuff that we already have listed, but there's some different versions. Um, so I'm not opposed to putting this, the same movie up, especially if it one's on... You know, if it's a different format, I'll put up a copy of the same movie on DVD, VHS, and Blu-ray. Um, you know, hell, if I have the soundtrack, I'll put that up too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that happens. There it are, happens. Uh, yeah, there are, and there are variations uh, of things too. Um, like the Superman set of four that I just sold. I have another Superman set one through four, except it's not the nice little compact all-in-one DVD case, it's the cardboard snap cases in a, in a silver box. Um, and it's a really nice set. I own one personally that I'll probably never get rid of. Um, and uh, But I'm going to list that one tonight uh, probably for a dollar more because I think that one's slightly more valuable, even though it's not sealed. Uh, if it was sealed, it'd be worth a, a good amount. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, so I think that's the plan is to try and uh, put up some more Kubrick stuff. I got to take inventory of what we do have listed. Um, uh, and, um, you know, just go through, there's some Oliver Stone stuff. I think I'm going to list JFK. I don't know if that sells for anything. Probably not. Cause it was a pretty huge movie when it came out, but yeah. you know, oh, Hey, there's a copy of Independence Day right here. <laughs> See? Uh, is it timely anymore yeah it is we missed it because what else are you going to do in july but blow things up yeah so i'm looking i'm looking to see yeah we got things like dead poet society that doesn't sell for anything (laughs) so did i list this copy the omen i think i did i think it just got put in the wrong spot so. I probably put it in the wrong spot. Oh, and we're, we're dealing with our shelving units. We're happy about that because yeah. we've got the new the shelves now in the sunroom so we can organize all the posted VA, all the posted DVDs. Yeah, so. we got a pretty fun like retro shelving unit old wooden shelving unit that somebody kept their knickknacks on but we're putting DVDs on it. So it's uh, true. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, so more fun stuff to come. We should probably get going to the break. 
because we do have uh, two very long chapters of the Patchwork Girl Ooh. from Oz, uh, of Oz, rather. And, um, yes. yeah, I don't have anything super great lined up for you to listen to, so here's, uh, here's some cereal commercials. <laughs> it, do you have anything else, Suze? Nope, that's about it. I'm, right. I'm good. All right, we'll be right back with an adventure to the land of Oz, and Kiddo will be revealed to all. Come to the Honeycomb Hideout! I'm Mr. Big, and I'm tired of small cereals. Give me something with a big, big bite. Honeycomb Nutritious breakfast for folks, honeycomb gives you a big bite. Big, big bite. It tastes right. Honeycomb bite. It tastes right. You like my coat? It's made of golden sugar. Mmm. Tastes like the golden sugar coating on the super sugar crisp. Hey, boss, look. Yeah, a golden bear. Hold on, this is a golden sugar coat. Mmm. It's just like my cereal's golden sugar coating. Mm-mm. Golden sugar coating makes my cereal sweet, sweet, sweet. Yeah. And post super sugar crisp cereals part of a balanced breakfast. I love your cereals golden sugar coating. That's why they call me Sugar Bear. Maybe you're sort of tired of eating the same old thing day after day. Maybe you'd like to try something different, something delicious, something with a marvelous flavor that just knocks the spots off any other cereal you've ever tried. Now, if that's the case, why don't you ask your mother to let you have a big bowl of crackly? crunchy, golden brown Wheaties Flakes tomorrow morning. Ask your mother to let you have a cereal you'll really like the taste of. Ask her for the big, husky cereal for wide-awake fellows and girls who not only star things, but who see them through. Your mother will be mighty glad to let you have Wheaties, too. For most any fellows or girls' mother wants to see them eat a big bowl of a nourishing whole wheat cereal every morning. And your mother probably knows, too, that authorities now recognize that Wheaties supply the very same amount of heat-producing units you need to help keep your body warm these cold winter days as a cooked cereal does. So you can be sure she'll be glad to let you have all the Wheaties you want to eat this winter, if you ask her for them. Remind your mother to always look for the famous seal of acceptance of the Committee on Foods of the American Medical Association whenever she buys Wheaties. That seal means much to her. It tells her that Wheaties are a pure product, honestly advertised. And another thing, remind your mother that lots of grocers are featuring Wheaties and bananas now. Ask her to get some of each next time she goes to the store. Try that delicious breakfast combination tomorrow morning. You'll say it's swell. Try Wheaties, they're whole wheat with all of the brand. Won't you try Wheaties, for wheat is the best food of man. Stop hopping and the cereal's popping. 
Hey, B, no way a little dude like you is gonna change oh. my ways. It's time you were tempted with the taste of nuts and honey. Hulk Hogan doesn't eat nuts and honey. You can take this. An unbeatable part of this nutritious breakfast. That's better than a body slam. Undefeated. And still champion. It's a honey oven. It's honey nut Cheerios. Time for go to bed. After having some delicious cereal, which I had some delicious cereal for breakfast this morning, it was it was delightful. Let that me tell is you, a delight. It wasn't from the honeycomb hideout, but man, I liked honeycomb. Yeah, honeycomb is a pretty decent cereal. Sure, it had new nutritional value, and sure, it was just kind of like sweet styrofoam, but. Gosh darn it, I liked it. I think I'd like it for a, a little, a little, little bit on my cereal. My whole brain, neutral brain, Kashi, grape nuts stuff I eat now. Anyway, time for a story. How lovely. Yeah. And a kiddo drop! Oh it's happening. Gosh. Oh. Kiddo and the Patchwork Girl are glad, awfully glad, that they are just what they are and nothing else. Aww. Aww. That's nice. You know what? That makes me think of the saying that everybody kind of says is, you're enough. And I, I like that. I don't know. It makes yeah. me it makes me happy. So. Well, Kiddo makes all of us happy here on A Camp It's Sleep true. Room. So... Uh, no, I don't need you to restore. Um, just saving the image so I can set the color in. And boy, do I have time to color tonight. Because <laughs> we have... Which is uh, good. We have uh, chapter 5 clocks in at 18 minutes and 16 seconds. And chapter 6 clocks in at 20 minutes and 59 seconds. So, yeah. it's going to be... It's going to be a fun romp. Yeah. In the wonderful land of Oz. Yeah. Patchwork yeah. Girl. Patchwork and, Girl. And yeah, and we'll get to that shortly. We still have about 30 seconds of background. We did music. also. Should I, should I talk for 30 seconds? Sure. Go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah. We went to see my brother in uh, his daughter and wife, and that was fun. And um, their family was in from Chicago, and we had a traditional Mongolian lamb. 
cooked with river stone. Yeah, river rocks. And then they and they take the river rocks out and they they hold them and uh, cool them down in their hands. And uh, that's good luck. It's good luck, I guess. I don't know. So I gave my niece. She's only two, though. I gave her a Blythe doll, a very inexpensive one. But it does have dark hair, so I think that's cute like her. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was fun. It's and I gave her a portal toy because I'm into Pokemon Go and uh thought she might enjoy that. So Yeah, that's very cute. And very uh, cute. Um, but yeah, so all right. Well we are uh we should probably get to it here. Um so here, it, w read, of course, by Phil Chenever, uh, Patchwork Girl of Oz by L. Frank Baum, Chapter 5. Mm -hmm. Chapter 5 of The Patchwork Girl of Oz by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 5, A Terrible Accident. It will take a few minutes for this powder to do its work remarked the magician, sprinkling the body up and down with much care. But suddenly, the patchwork girl threw up one arm, which knocked the bottle of powder from the crooked man's hand and sent it flying across the room. Unc Nunky and Margalotte were so startled that they both leaped backward and bumped together, and Unc's head joggled the shelf above them and upset the bottle containing the liquid of petrifaction. The magician uttered such a wild cry that Ojo jumped away and the patchwork girl sprang after him and clasped her stuffed arms around him in terror. The glass cat snarled and hid under the table, and so it was that when the powerful liquid of petrifaction was spilled, it fell only upon the wife of the magician and the uncle of Ojo. With these two, the charm worked promptly. They stood motionless and stiff as marble statues in exactly the positions they were in when the liquid struck them. Ojo pushed the patchwork girl away and ran to Unkanunky, filled with terrible fear for the only friend and protector he had ever known. When he grasped Unk's hand, it was cold and hard. Even the long gray beard was solid marble. The crooked magician was dancing around the room in a frenzy of despair, calling upon his wife to forgive him, to speak to him, to come to life again. The patchwork girl, quickly recovering from her fright, now came nearer and looked from one to another of the people with deep interest. Then she looked at herself and laughed. Noticing the mirror, she stood before it and examined her extraordinary features with amazement. Her button eyes, pearl bead teeth, and puffy nose then, addressing her reflection in the glass, she exclaimed, "'Wee, but there's a gaudy dame, makes a paint-box blush with shame. Razzle-dazzle-fizzle-vazzle, howdy-do, miss, what's your name?' She bowed, 
and the reflection bowed. Then she laughed again, long and merrily, and the glass cat crept out from under the table and said, I don't blame you for laughing at yourself. Aren't you horrid? Horrid? she replied. Why, I'm thoroughly delightful. I'm an original, if you please, and therefore incomparable. Of all the comic, absurd, rare, and amusing creatures the world contains, I must be the supreme freak. Who but poor Margolot could have managed to invent such an unreasonable being as I? But I'm glad, I'm awfully glad, that I'm just what I am, and nothing else. Be quiet, will you? cried the frantic magician. Be quiet and let me think. If I don't think, I shall go mad. Think ahead, said the patchwork girl, seating herself in a chair. Think all you want to. I don't mind. Jay, but I'm tired of playing that tune, called the phonograph, speaking through its horn in a brazen, scratchy voice. If you don't mind, Pipno boy, I'll cut it out and take a rest. The magician looked gloomily at the music machine. Oh, what dreadful luck, he wailed despondently. The powder of life must have fallen on the phonograph. He went up to it and found that the gold bottle that contained the precious powder had dropped upon the stand and scattered its life-giving grains over the machine. The phonograph was very much alive and began dancing a jig with the legs of the table to which it was attached. And this dance so annoyed Dr. Pipt that he kicked the thing into a corner and pushed a bench against it to hold it quiet. You were bad enough before, said the magician resentfully, but a live phonograph is enough to drive every sane person in the land of Oz stark crazy. No insults, please, answered the phonograph in a surly tone. You did it, my boy. Don't blame me. You've bungled everything, Dr. Pipt added the glass cat contemptuously. Except me, said the patchwork girl, jumping up to whirl merrily around the room. I think, said Ojo, almost ready to cry through grief over Unc Nunky's sad fate. It must have been my fault in some way. I'm called Ojo the Unlucky, you know. That's nonsense, Kitty, retorted the patchwork girl cheerfully. No one can be unlucky who has the intelligence to direct his own actions. The unlucky ones are those who beg for a chance to think, like poor Dr. Pipt here. What's the row about, anyway, Mr. Magic Maker? The liquid of petrifaction has accidentally fallen upon my dear wife and unc-nunky, and turned them into marble, he sadly replied. Well, why don't you sprinkle some of that powder on them and bring them to life again? asked the patchwork girl. The magician gave a jump. Why hadn't I thought of that? he joyfully cried, and grabbed up the golden bottle with which he ran to Margolot, said the patchwork girl. Higgly-piggly-dee, what fools magicians be! His head's so thick he can't think quick, so he takes advice from me. Standing upon the bench, for he was so crooked he could not reach the top of his wife's head in any other way, Dr. Pipt, 
began shaking the bottle. But not a grain of powder came out. He pulled off the cover, glanced within, and then threw the bottle from him with a wail of despair. Oh, gone, gone, every bit gone, he cried. Wasted on that miserable phonograph when it might have saved my dear wife. Then the magician bowed his head on his crooked arms and began to cry. Ojo was sorry for him. He went up to the sorrowful man and said softly, You can make more powder of life, Dr. Pipt. Yes, but it will take me six years, six long, weary years of stirring four kettles with both feet and both hands, was the agonized reply. Six years, while poor Margolot stands watching me as a marble image. Can't anything else be done? asked the patchwork girl. The magician shook his head. Then he seemed to remember something and looked up. There is one other compound that would destroy the magic spell of the liquid of petrifaction and restore my wife and Uncle Nunky to life, said he. It may be hard to find the things I need to make this magic compound, but if they were found, I could do in an instant what will otherwise take six long, weary years of stirring kettles with both hands and feet. All right, let's find the things, then, suggested the patchwork girl. That seems a lot more sensible than those stirring times with the kettles. That's the idea, Scraps, said the glass cat approvingly. I'm glad to find you have decent brains. Mine are exceptionally good. You can see them work. They're pink. Scraps, repeated the girl. Did you call me Scraps? Is that my name? I, I believe my poor wife had intended to name you Angeline, said the magician. But I like Scraps best, she replied with a laugh. It fits me better, for my patchwork is all scraps and nothing else. Thank you for naming me, Miss Cat. Have you any name of your own? I have a foolish name that Margolot once gave me, but which is quite undignified for one of my importance, answered the cat. She called me Bungle. Yes, sighed the magician. You were a sad bungle, taken all in all. I was wrong to make you as I did, for a more useless, conceited, and brittle thing never before existed. I'm not so brittle as you think, retorted the cat. I've been alive a good many years, for Dr. Pipt experimented on me with the first magic powder of life he ever made— and so far I've never broken or cracked or chipped any part of me. You seem to have a chip on your shoulder, laughed the patchwork girl, and the cat went to the mirror to see. Tell me, pleaded Ojo, speaking to the crooked magician, what must we find to make the compound that will save Uncle Nunky? First, was the reply, I must have a six-leaved clover. That can only be found in the green country around the Emerald City, and six-leaved clovers are very scarce even there. I'll find it for you, promised Ojo. The next thing, continued the magician, 
is the left wing of a yellow butterfly. That color can only be found in the yellow country of the Winkies, west of the Emerald City. I'll find it, declared Ojo. Is that all? Oh, no. I'll get my book of recipes and see what comes next. Saying this, the magician unlocked a drawer of his cabinet and drew out a small book covered with blue leather. Looking through the pages, he found the recipe he wanted and said, I must have a gill of water from a dark well. What kind of a well is that, sir? asked the boy. One where the light of day never penetrates. The water must be put in a gold bottle and brought to me without any light ever reaching it. I'll get the water from the dark well, said Ojo. Then I must have three hairs from the tip of a woozy's tail and a drop of oil from a live man's body. Ojo looked grave at this. What is a woozy, please? he inquired. Some sort of animal. I've never seen one, so I can't describe it, replied the magician. If I can find a woozy, I'll get the hairs from his tail, said Ojo. But is there ever any oil in a man's body? The magician looked in the book again to make sure. That's what the recipe calls for, he replied. And of course we must get everything that is called for, or the charm won't work. The book doesn't say blood, it says oil. And there must be oil somewhere in a live man's body, or the book wouldn't ask for it. All right, returned Ojo, trying not to feel discouraged. I'll try to find it. The magician looked at the little munchkin boy in a doubtful way and said, All this will mean a long journey for you, perhaps several long journeys, for you must search through several of the different countries of Oz in order to get the things I need. I know, sir, but I must do my best to save Unc Nunky. And also my poor wife, Margalot. If you save one, you will save the other, for both stand there together, and the same compound will restore them both to life. Do the best you can, Ojo, and while you are gone, I shall begin the six-year job of making a new batch of the powder of life. Then, if you should unluckily fail to secure any one of the things needed, I will have lost no time. But if you succeed, you must return here as quickly as you can, and that will save me much tiresome stirring of four kettles with both feet and both hands. I will start on my journey at once, sir, said the boy. And I will go with you, declared the patchwork girl. No, no, exclaimed the magician. You have no right to leave this house. You are only a servant and have not been discharged. Scraps, who had been dancing up and down the room, stopped and looked at him. What is a servant? she asked. One who serves, a, a sort of slave, he explained. Very well, said the patchwork girl. I'm going to serve you and your wife by helping Ojo find the things you need. You need a lot, you know, such as are not easily found. It is true, sighed Dr. Pipt. I am well aware that Ojo has undertaken a serious task. Scraps laughed, and resuming her dance, she said, Here's a job for a boy of brains, a drop of oil from a live man's veins. 
a six-leaved clover, three nice hairs, from a woozy's tail, the book declares, are needed for the magic spell, and water from a pitch-dark well, the yellow wing of a butterfly, to find must Ojo also try, and if he gets them without harm, Dr. Pipt will make the magic charm, but if he doesn't get em, Unc will always stand a marble chunk. The magician looked at her thoughtfully. Poor Margolot must have given you some of the quality of posy by mistake, he said. And if that is true, I didn't make a very good article when I prepared it. Or else you got an overdose, or an underdose. However, I believe I shall let you go with Ojo, for my poor wife will not need your services until she is restored to life. Also, I think you may be able to help the boy, for your head seems to contain some thoughts I did not expect to find in it. But be very careful of yourself, for you're a souvenir of my dear Margolot. Try not to get ripped, or your stuffing may fall out. One of your eyes seems loose, and you may have to sew it on tighter. If you talk too much, you'll wear out your scarlet plush tongue, which ought to have been hemmed on the edges. And remember, you belong to me and must return here as soon as your mission is accomplished. I'm going with Scraps and Ojo, announced the glass cat. You can't, said the magician. Why not? You'll get broken in no time. You couldn't be a bit of use to the boy and the patchwork girl. I beg to differ with you, returned the cat in a haughty tone. Three heads are better than two, and my pink brains are beautiful. You can see em work. Well, go along, said the magician irritably. You're only an annoyance anyhow, and I'm glad to get rid of you. Thank you for nothing, then, answered the cat stiffly. Dr. Pipt took a small basket from a cupboard and packed several things in it. Then he handed it to Ojo. Here is some food and a bundle of charms, he said. It's all I can give you, but I am sure you will find friends on your journey who will assist you in your search. Take care of the patchwork girl and bring her safely back, for she ought to prove useful to my wife. As for the glass cat, properly named Bungle, if she bothers you, I now give you my permission to break her in two, for she is not respectful and does not obey me. I made a mistake in giving her the pink brains, you see. Then Ojo went to Unc Nunky and kissed the old man's marble face very tenderly. I'm going to try to save you, Unc, he said, just as if the marble image could hear him. And then he shook the crooked hand of the crooked magician, who was already busy hanging the four kettles in the fireplace, and, picking up his basket, left the house. The patchwork girl followed him, and after them came the glass cat. End of chapter 5 Alright, that snuck up on me, but wow, it's a quest. Yeah, I knew there would be a quest. This is why I like the, the story better, the more than the other. But, um, yeah, the crooked magician's mean. You can break the cat in two if she gets on your nerves. All cats are, are disrespectful. Whatever. Tennessee, can I break you in half? 
No. <laughs> He's disrespectful to you all the time. Every time Ken oh, tries to walk out the door, the cat tries to scratch him or tries to keep him back. They're disrespectful animals. Very. That's what we love about them. You love that. So, um, yeah. So no, like, that yeah, was yeah. They're on a quest. That was cool. a that, that's pretty fun. I I kind of spoiled. There's there's going to be some fun appearances coming up in the next few chapters as well mm-hmm. from different characters. So I kind of ruined ruined some surprises for me, but can't really help it because you know the chapter for you <laughs> you ruined some surprises for you. Aww. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, that's another thing. The um, the um, I don't know. Like like you said, they're on a quest. They're going out into the. But that's why I didn't remember Unkanunky too well. He doesn't go on this quest. He's he's frozen by the the whatever the dust of petrification. Petrification. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So that's why I don't remember him because he's the one being saved. Oh, I I fixed the, I didn't make the image square, so here's the uh, up with the updated uh, cover oh, in there. Okay. I I uh I looked at it and was like, well, "That's not square. I thought I made it square." So, yeah. uh, so there it is. Um yeah, so all right. Well, we have another long chapter ahead of us. Um okay. and this is uh let's see where where the heck are we? Um trying to this. That's what I want. Um, oh yeah, but here, let me ask Tennessee. Tennessee, can I crack you in half? How could I crack that in half? Good. It's not like you would get two cats then. Oh, I couldn't handle two of them. Tennessee. Shoot. Yeah. (laughs) Tennessee. Uh, all right, so there we go. Um, so here we go. Chapter, chapter six. This is a marathon 20, 21 minutes. So let's go ahead and cue up a little music and get back to Phil Chenever. Chapter six of the Patchwork Girl of Oz by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter six, The Journey. Ojo had never traveled before, and so he only knew that the path down the mountainside led into the open munchkin country where large numbers of people dwelt. Scraps was quite new and not supposed to know anything of the land of Oz, while the glass cat admitted she had never wandered very far away from the magician's house. There was only one path before them at the beginning, so they could not miss their way, and for a time they walked through the thick forest in silent thought, each one impressed with the importance of the adventure they had undertaken. Suddenly the patchwork girl laughed. It was funny to see her laugh, because her cheeks wrinkled up, her nose tipped, her silver button eyes twinkled, and her mouth curled at the corners in a comical way. "'Has something pleased you?' asked Ojo, who was feeling solemn and joyless through thinking upon his uncle's sad fate. "'Yes,' she answered. "'Your world pleases me, for it is a queer world, and life in it is queerer still. 
Here am I, made from an old bed quilt and intended to be a slave to Margolotte, rendered free as air by an accident that none of you could foresee. I am enjoying life and seeing the world while the woman who made me is standing helpless as a block of wood. If that isn't funny enough to laugh at, I don't know what is. You're not seeing much of the world yet, my poor innocent scraps, remarked the cat. The world doesn't consist wholly of the trees that are on all sides of us. But they're part of it, and aren't they pretty trees? returned Scraps, bobbing her head until her brown yarn curls fluttered in the breeze. Growing between them, I can see lovely ferns and wildflowers and soft green mosses. If the rest of your world is half as beautiful, I shall be glad I'm alive. I don't know what the rest of the world is like, I'm sure, said the cat, but I mean to find out. I've never been out of the forest, Ojo added, but to me the trees are gloomy and sad, and the wild flowers seem lonesome. It must be nicer where there are no trees and there is room for lots of people to live together. I wonder if any of the people we shall meet will be as splendid as I am, said the patchwork girl. All I have seen so far have pale, colorless skins and clothes as blue as the country they live in, while I am of many gorgeous colors, face and body and clothes. That is why I am bright and contented, Ojo, while you are blue and sad. I think I made a mistake in giving you so many sorts of brains, observed the boy. Perhaps, as the magician said, you have an overdose, and they may not agree with you. What had you to do with my brains? asked Scraps. A lot, replied Ojo. Old Margolotte meant to give you only a few, just enough to keep you going. But when she wasn't looking, I added a good many more of the best kinds I could find in the magician's cupboard. Thanks, said the girl, dancing along the path ahead of Ojo, and then dancing back to his side. If a few brains are good, many brains must be better. But they ought to be evenly balanced, said the boy, and I had no time to be careful. From the way you're acting, I guess the dose was badly mixed. Scraps hasn't enough brains to hurt her, so don't worry remarked the cat, which was trotting along in a very dainty and graceful manner. The only brains worth considering are mine, which are pink. You can see em work. After walking a long time, they came to a little brook that trickled across the path, and here Ojo sat down to rest and eat something from his basket. He found that the magician had given him part of a loaf of bread and a slice of cheese. He broke off some of the bread and was surprised to find the loaf just as large as it was before. It was the same way with the cheese. However much he broke off from the slice, it remained exactly the same size. Ah, said he, nodding wisely, that's magic. 
Dr. Pip has enchanted the bread and the cheese, so it will last me all through my journey, however much I eat. Why do you put those things into your mouth? asked Scraps, gazing at him in astonishment. Do you need more stuffing? Then why don't you use cotton, such as I am stuffed with? I don't need that kind, said Ojo. But a mouth is to talk with, isn't it? It is also to eat with, replied the boy. If I didn't put food into my mouth and eat it, I would get hungry and starve. Ah, I didn't know that, she said. Give me some. Ojo handed her a bit of bread, and she put it in her mouth. What next? she asked, scarcely able to speak. Chew it and swallow it, said the boy. Scraps tried that. Her pearl teeth were unable to chew the bread, and beyond her mouth there was no opening. Being unable to swallow, she threw away the bread and laughed. I must get hungry and starve, for I can't eat, she said. Neither can I, announced the cat, but I'm not fooled enough to try. Can't you understand that you and I are superior people and not made like these poor humans? Why should I understand that or anything else? asked the girl. Don't bother my head by asking conundrums, I beg of you. Just let me discover myself in my own way. With this, she began amusing herself by leaping across the brook and back again. Be careful or you'll fall in the water, warned Ojo. Never mind. You'd better. If you get wet, you'll be soggy and can't walk. Your colors might run, too, he said. Don't my colors run whenever I run, she asked. Not in the way I mean. If they get wet, the reds and greens and yellows and purples of your patches might run into each other and become just a blur. No color at all, you know. Then, said the patchwork girl, I'll be careful, for if I spoil my splendid colors, I would cease to be beautiful. Pah, sneered the glass cat. Such colors are not beautiful. They're ugly and in bad taste. Please notice that my body has no color at all. I'm transparent, except for my exquisite red heart and my lovely pink brains. You can see them work. Shoo, 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 cried Scraps, dancing around and laughing. And your horrid green eyes, Miss Bungle. You can't see your eyes, but we can. And I notice you're very proud of what little color you have. Shoo, Miss Bungle. Shoo, shoo, shoo. If you were all colors and many colors as I am, you'd be too stuck up for anything. She leaped over the cat and back again, and the startled Bungle crept close to a tree to escape her. This made Scraps laugh more heartily than ever, and she said, Whoop-dee-doodle-doo, the cat has lost her shoe. Her tootsie's bare, but she don't care. So what's the odds to you? Dear me, Ojo, said the cat, don't you think the creature is a little bit crazy? It may be, he answered with a puzzled look. 
If she continues her insults, I'll scratch off her suspender button eyes, declared the cat. Don't quarrel, please, pleaded the boy, rising to resume the journey. Let us be good comrades and as happy and cheerful as possible, for we are likely to meet with plenty of trouble on our way. It was nearly sundown when they came to the edge of the forest and saw spread out before them a delightful landscape. There were broad blue fields stretching for miles over the valley, which was dotted everywhere with pretty blue domed houses, none of which, however, was very near to the place where they stood. Just at the point where the path left the forest stood a tiny house covered with leaves from the trees, and before this stood a munchkin man with an axe in his hand. He seemed very much surprised when Ojo and Scraps and the glass cat came out of the woods, but as the patchwork girl approached nearer, he sat down upon a bench and laughed so hard that he could not speak for a long time. This man was a woodchopper and lived all alone in the little house. He had bushy blue whiskers and merry blue eyes, and his blue clothes were quite old and worn. <laughs> Mercy me! exclaimed the woodchopper, when at last he could stop laughing. <laughs> Who would think such a funny harlequin lived in the land of Oz? Where did you come from, Crazy Quilt? Do you mean me? asked the patchwork girl. Of course, he replied. You misjudge my ancestry. I'm not a Crazy Quilt. I'm patchwork, she said. There's no difference, he replied, beginning to laugh again. <laughs> when my old grandmother sews such things together, she calls it a crazy quilt. But I never thought such a jumble could come to life. It was the magic powder that did it, explained Ojo. Oh, then you have come from the crooked magician on the mountain. I might have known it, for, well... I declare, here's a glass cat, but the magician will get in trouble for this. It's against the law for anyone to work magic except Glinda the Good and the Royal Wizard of Oz. If you people or things or glass spectacles or crazy quilts or whatever you are, go near the Emerald City, you'll be arrested. We're going there anyhow, declared Scraps, sitting upon the bench and swinging her stuffed legs. If any of us takes a rest, we'll be arrested for sure, and get no restitution, cause the rest we must endure. I see, said the woodchopper, nodding. You're as crazy as the crazy quilt you're made of. She really is crazy, remarked the glass cat. But that isn't to be wondered at when you remember how many different things she's made of. For my part, I'm made of pure glass, except my jewel heart and my pretty pink brains. Did you notice my brains, stranger? You can see em work. So I can, replied the woodchopper, but I can't see that they accomplish much. A glass cat is a useless sort of thing, but a patchwork girl is really useful. She makes me laugh, and laughter is the best thing in the world. There was once a woodchopper, a friend of mine, who was made all of tin, 
and I used to laugh every time I saw him. A tin woodchopper, said Ojo. That is strange. My friend wasn't always tin, said the man, but he was careless with his axe and used to chop himself very badly. Whenever he lost an arm or a leg, he had it replaced with tin, so after a while he was all tin. And could he chop wood then? asked the boy. He could if he didn't rust his tin joints, but one day he met Dorothy in the forest and went with her to the Emerald City, where he made his fortune. He is now one of the favorites of Princess Ozma, and she has made him the Emperor of the Winkies, the country where all is yellow. Who is Dorothy? inquired the patchwork girl. A little maid who used to live in Kansas, but is now a princess of Oz. She's Ozma's best friend, they say, and lives with her in the royal palace. Is Dorothy made of tin? inquired Ojo. Is she patchwork like me? inquired Scraps. No, said the man. Dorothy is flesh, just as I am. I know of only one tin person, and that is Nick Chopper, the tin woodman, and there will never be but one patchwork girl, for any magician that sees you will refuse to make another one like you. I suppose we shall see the tin woodman, for we are going to the country of the Winkies, said the boy. What for? asked the woodchopper. To get the left wing of a yellow butterfly. It's a long journey, declared the man, and you will go through lonely parts of Oz and cross rivers and traverse dark forests before you get there. Suits me all right, said Scraps. I'll get a chance to see the country. You're crazy, girl. Better crawl into a rag bag and hide there, or give yourself to some little girl to play with. Those who travel are likely to meet trouble. That's why I stay at home. The woodchopper then invited them all to stay the night at his little hut, but they were anxious to get on, and so left him and continued along the path, which was broader now and more distinct. They expected to reach some other house before it grew dark, but the twilight was brief, and Ojo soon began to fear they had made a mistake in leaving the woodchopper. I can scarcely see the path he said at last. Can you see it, Scraps? No, replied the patchwork girl, who was holding fast to the boy's arm so he could guide her. I can see, declared the glass cat. My eyes are better than yours, and my pink brains... Never mind your pink brains, please, said Ojo hastily. Just run ahead and show us the way. Wait a minute, and I'll tie a string to you, for then you can lead us. He got a string from his pocket and tied it around the cat's neck, and after that the creature guided them along the path. They had proceeded in this way for about an hour when a twinkling blue light appeared ahead of them. Good, there's a house at last, cried Ojo. When we reach it, the good people will surely welcome us and give us a night's lodging. But however far they walked, the light seemed to get no nearer, so by and by the cat stopped short, saying, I think the light is traveling too, and we shall never be able to catch up with it. But here is a house by the roadside. 
so why go farther? Where is the house, Bungle? Just here beside us, Scraps. Ojo was now able to see a small house near the pathway. It was dark and silent, but the boy was tired and wanted to rest, so he went up to the door and knocked. Who is there? cried a voice from within. I am Ojo the Unlucky, and with me are Miss Scraps Patchwork and the Glass Cat, he replied. What do you want? asked the voice. A place to sleep, said Ojo. Come in, then, but don't make any noise, and you must go directly to bed, returned the voice. Ojo unlatched the door and entered. It was very dark inside, and he could see nothing at all. But the cat exclaimed, Why, there is no one here. There must be, said the boy. Someone spoke to me. I can see everything in the room, replied the cat, and no one is present but ourselves. But here are three beds, all made up, so we may as well go to sleep. What is sleep? inquired the patchwork girl. It's what you do when you go to bed, said Ojo. But why do you go to bed? persisted the patchwork girl. Here, here, you are making altogether too much noise, cried the voice they had heard before. Keep quiet, strangers, and go to bed. The cat, which could see in the dark, looked sharply around for the owner of the voice, but could discover no one, although the voice had seemed close beside them. She arched her back a little and seemed afraid. Then she whispered to Ojo, Come, and led him to a bed. With his hands, the boy felt of the bed and found it was big and soft, with feather pillows and plenty of blankets. So he took off his shoes and hat and crept into the bed. Then the cat led Scraps to another bed, and the patchwork girl was puzzled to know what to do with it. Lie down and keep quiet, whispered the cat warningly. Can't I sing? asked Scraps. No. Can't I whistle? asked Scraps. No. Can't I dance till morning if I want to? asked Scraps. You must keep quiet, said the cat in a soft voice. I don't want to, replied the patchwork girl, speaking as loudly as usual. What right have you to order me around? If I want to talk or yell or whistle, before she could say anything more, an unseen hand seized her firmly and threw her out of the door, which closed behind her with a sharp slam. She found herself bumping and rolling in the road, and when she got up and tried to open the door of the house again, she found it locked. What has happened to Scraps? asked Ojo. Never mind. Let's go to sleep or something will happen to us, answered the glass cat. So Ojo snuggled down in his bed and fell asleep, and he was so tired that he never wakened until broad daylight. End of chapter 6 There you go. Yep. Patchwork Girl's got a lot to learn. Patchwork Girl's a little ADD. Little. <laughs> so... So yeah, uh, th this is fun. You know, I'm enjoying the quest aspect. Uh, yeah. You know, 
of this. You know, they, they gotta uh, find they all the interesting stuff. But the there's yeah. but there's danger because nobody's allowed to perform magic except for uh, Ozma, correct? Ozma and the wizard. Yeah. And the wizard doesn't really know anything, but two penny magic, two penny carnival magic. Well, he had, didn't he have a bunch of little pigs that he uh, pulled out of his sleeve? <laughs> yeah, that's, he could juggle them. Did he juggle yeah. them? I don't know. I don't remember. So, uh, but yeah, so this is fun. Uh, I'm excited about uh, finding. That short girl seems to be a toddler with a Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think this is, uh, yeah, this is pretty fun. Um and uh, we are in. We where it's a ten till, but we could we could start wrapping things up right now. Um, yeah. So uh, where do we go? Here's our yeah. We play this piece of music on the way out. Um, oh, but yeah. the delightful, charming, soothing music. Yes. So uh, in uh, just to recap real quick. Yep, we had a good week. Um, uh, for a, a holiday weekend that isn't a sales sales weekend usually, uh, because Memorial Day was a, a bust for us, but Fourth uh, of July is good, and <laughs> you know people. But you know people are, are starting to spend a little more money now that you know uh, they don't have to worry about taxes coming up, and you know it's summer and they can treat themselves, and uh, you know, and of course, and in the in the southern states. People are kind of caught inside, you know? People, sure. people can't go. It's it's too darn hot. It's like their winter. Yep. They need to stay in the air conditioning, so. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, so things things are uh, going pretty well. Um, and uh, hopefully we have another boon at some point where we find a good load of stuff for our store. But... I did recently order, uh, I won an auction that has some pretty rare stuff in it, so I'm excited about that. Uh, mo mostly horror and some, some cult stuff. Uh, pretty cool. But um, anyway, um, my instincts are usually right on purchases like that, so hopefully this one pays off. But um, anyway, uh, I hope everybody has a great night. Tune in to, uh, we return to It Came From Cleveland next week, or I'm sorry, tomorrow night. And, uh, of course, uh, we're going to have lots of fun. Uh, Gilda Radner, more 80s horror movies from Michelle. Uh, of course, Joe's talking about Gilda Radner. Radner. Uh, Miles has a war story. And I'm going to be talking about the birthday boys. Um, uh, the birthday boys of uh, Patrick Wilson and Billy Crudup. So, oh, fun. Okay. Yeah. Both were in the Watchmen film with, that Zack Snyder did, but they did some yeah. other stuff uh, that I really enjoy too. So anyway, um, have a good night, Suze. You get the last word. Word. I got nothing. You guys have a good night. Stay safe. Stay out of trouble. And have lovely naps. <laughs> That's what I'm into. That's what I'm into. All right. Bye bye.
time for go to bed.